This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what the heck is going on with the manager at Foam Football Club. Is it going to continue to be Scott Parker? Is it going to be someone else? Everything is up in the air, and we're going to get into that in detail in this next hour. A lot to talk about, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome back Mr. Cohen. Mr. Cohen, it's been a long time. I'm so excited to do this show with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Russ. It's great to be back. Um, it, it has been a while, and unfortunately, no news on the phone front. And as no our good friend Mike Craig likes to do, update us on how many days are left until <laughs> the season starts. And we've just seen you know, 30, 40 days go by, and there's been absolutely no news from the club. Nope. And the manager, I mean, there seems to be a new rumor every single day. I haven't seen anything confirmed. haven't seen anything actually happen. Nope. And it's just the worst situation to be in at the start of a key season, having such uncertainty over director of football. Over the manager, yep. over the players. There have been no transfers. Let's not forget that because the man who's making the transfers is on a media tour for his wrestling gig. Um, well, I'm and talk it's a laughing stock at the moment. We're a bit of a laughing stock, Russ, as you'd yep. agree. 
I would agree. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking about that in just a second because I have a, a Russ's rant that I want to go through. But before we do that, I, I want to mention this because I want phone supporters who have are on YouTube to find us. So subscribe to Cottage Talk on YouTube. We started this about three to four months ago. And, it, you know, listen, it, it takes a little bit for people to find us on YouTube. So I started this uh, channel. Please do follow us on YouTube, and it'll help other phone supporters find us. Okay. All right, Max. I told you before the show I was going to do a Russ's rant, so I'm ready to do it. And then, and then I'm going to go to Mad Max's opening thoughts because I'm sure you have plenty to talk about as well. So let's start with Russ's rant. And it does involve Tony because um, over the past few weeks, one thing that I've noticed living here in America, yes, Max and I live in America, is that Tony's been on pretty much a promotional tour for AEW. And uh, there's a big event coming in September called Grand Slam, AEW Grand Slam in New York City. He actually has shown up on my TV. I've seen commercials for AEW with Tony Khan. I've heard him on Sirius XM Radio. Every time it seems I turn on Sirius XM Radio, there's a promotion for Tony Khan and AEW's Grand Slam. Good. Good for Tony. Good for him that AEW is taking off. That's a wonderful thing. But you know what? It's time. It's time to put all of his eggs in that basket. He needs to concentrate on AEW. He's everywhere. I'm telling you, Max, I've seen him everywhere. It, it's constant. You know, if, if you go on YouTube and you just put in Tony Khan, you're going to see all these videos in regards to Grand Slam because, again, uh, he's really promoting this. And, again, more power to him. But what we need right now, we need a director of football. And we need a director of football badly that's going to be concentrating on Fulham Football Club. It took me a while to get to what, what I'm about to say. But we need someone that really knows football, that is going to be making that final decision, that knows the game. Not just anal analytics, and I know Tony's been involved, and I know he cares about Fulham Football Club. Let me just say this. For those who think that he doesn't care, you're wrong. He does care. But he does not have the knowledge of someone that has been around the sport for years. Fulham need that. Fulham needs someone that actually can make that final decision that knows the sport. And what got me to this point was I was thinking about even my own team, the New England Patriots, when their ownership, the Crafts, took over. And they were very involved in the American football operations of the Patriots. And uh, it just wasn't working. They were they were clashing with a former coach, and it just wasn't going in the right direction. They finally came to the conclusion that they needed to step back to the operational part of American football and hand it over to someone. Well, Fulham need to do the same thing, Max. They need to do that. They need to have someone who is making that final decision on the players coming in. And at this point, you know, it should not be Tony. Tony does not have the knowledge – to be making these very tough decisions. These are tough decisions who's coming and going. And again, this is not to do with his passion for Foam Football Club. Like I mentioned, I, I believe that he cares about Foam Football Club. It really comes down to needing the right person to make that decision. Sometimes you need to delegate. The cons need to delegate right now and get someone in charge. If they're going to change the title from, say, director of football, now it's director of scouting. If if they're bringing a director of scouting, maybe he should be the person making those decisions because they need someone 
that is bringing in the right players, Max, and building this team. And, uh, you know, if you are putting so much effort into trying to take down Vince McMahon, as I believe Tony is with AEW, uh, Vince McMahon runs WWE, that's great. Go for it. Get someone in charge of Fulham Football Club delegate. And that's going to be the end of my Russ's rant. Your thoughts? Completely agree. It's just so offensive to Fulham fans to see Tony Khan doing these media promotions for the wrestling. He's everywhere. Wearing, but wearing the Fulham top, and that's what I saw yesterday. He's wearing a Fulham training kit on, on a podcast that was also videotaped. And you see that on Twitter, and, and you're sat here as a Fulham fan, and it's just such a sign of disrespect because he hasn't shown any care for the club since he's been relegated way back in May. And I understand that, you know, you've said very publicly he shouldn't be on Twitter. No. I tend to agree. He shouldn't no. be on Twitter because he tends to overreact and respond to fans and dig himself into a deeper hole. I have but no issue we, with him not tweeting about Fulham. But we I, don't need a tweet. I'd like a statement. I'd like yes. maybe a sit-down interview with Fulham FC TV or even with another podcast, whoever it may be. That's right. We need answers. We need accountability. We need, we need an acknowledgement that the same mistakes won't be repeated again. And Russ, I'm actually confident the same mistakes aren't being repeated again because we're making new mistakes. He's going on this promotional tour for AEW. That's new. I haven't seen that before in the preseason, a week before players start training. This is a new thing, entirely a new set of disrespect, in my opinion. It's, it's gone too far. The championship is a league. You can't go in unprepared. No. You have to be, you have to come in with a plan, with a manager who knows what they want to play, with players who know who they're going to play under in a game plan well before the season starts in August. You can't waste a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or else you dig yourself in a deep hole. That's exactly what we're setting ourselves up for. I mean, I don't want to be here, sat here in Boxing Day, Christmas being 12th or 14th in the league and saying, well, we, why do we waste those summer months without recruitment, without getting that new manager in? It's just so depressing because I can kind of see it playing out in front of my eyes right now. So can I, and that's the issue here because again, forget about all the media speculation. I'm being sent some stuff, you know, and again, people send me stuff and I'm sure you hear stuff and that's great. And I appreciate what everyone is sending me, but it's a fluid situation because we hear one thing, and listen, the media loves this, Max, because they can play up who's coming, who's potentially going, and it just continues. But as a supporter, I don't care about any of that. I care about who's going to be the manager. And, and, and that's what we're going to talk about because right now there is so much uncertainty, as you mentioned, director of football, director of scouting, the players, and then, of course, the manager. It is all up in the air. And that's – the point that I, I wanted to make on my rant is that, you know, we also need some direction. We need to know what's going on. In fact, a, a supporter told me this morning, he'd like a statement from the cons right now, just letting us know what's going on. And uh, I tend to agree with that. But I think part of the reason why we're, we don't have a statement is that right now there is this uncertainty with the manager, but look at, look at what day this is right now. Look how late it is right now. It's concerning. It's concerning that there's so much up in the air. If you are a player that is interested in going to Fulham right now and you don't know who the manager is, are you going to come? You know, I, again, there's a lot going on here, Max, that, you know, we're fans, but you got to think of yourself also as a player, you know, and, and I think in the end, you know, I, I listen, I know Fulham are going to be competitive. 
I, I know they're going to be competitive. Track record is that they'll be competitive in the championship. I don't think this is going to be a situation like at the beginning when we first went down that we're going to be dealing with fighting for relegation. I don't think it's going to be that. I do believe that they will contend to come straight back up. I believe that. But you know what? Don't leave it late. Do it now. Let's get at it now. And you have to decide on who your manager is. If you're going to let Scott Parker go, you need to let him go. And you need to find a replacement now, Max. This uncertainty is not good for the club. Like you said, image is one thing. I, you know, again, I, I know what you're talking about, that we're a laughing stock. I'm more concerned about players wanting to come. Yeah. I think there are a couple of great comments uh, in the section right now. Okay. Chris said, no other club in England is run like Fulham is. Surely the owner sees that. That's spot on. I think that, to me, is what sets us apart from just being another controversy within a club. Yeah. What other football club in the entire of the football league would have its director of football publicly promoting a different venture, you know, just a month after relegation without having made any moves or any statements? That, to me, sets Fulham apart. Another good question, does Tony Khan not know that he is overstretched or is it simply a matter of TK trying to make multitasking work? Right. It's a great question. I don't know the answer. I would have said multitasking, trying to make multitasking work in the past when he's still been kind of publicly involved and we haven't seen him so publicly with other ventures. But in the last couple of weeks when it's been all AEW promotion, yep. I, I don't know. I, I think he might, I think he might've lost interest or kind of felt offended by the criticism because I, at least as a fan, and if other fans feel differently, please let me know. Yep. I see nothing, nothing in the way of him being involved with Fulham. You know, he says, you know, I can make calls. I don't have to be there to be influential. But right. there's been nothing to influence because literally nothing has happened except a drawn-out manager saga. No player – I mean, you haven't even seen a player rumor, essentially. No, no. <laughs> like, that's the funny thing. They're, they're even, not even people linked with us because we don't really have a manager right now. Right. There's just too much uncertainty. You know, it's funny because when you see memories of uh, when Tom Kearney signed with Fulham, it's in June. You know, they've actually made signings in June. So, you know, this goes back to what's going on. It's, it's basically, to me, they need to make a decision on who the manager is, Max, because like I'm, like I'm talking about, how do you build a, a team? How do you build a proper team without the manager? And then, of course, the players are coming back. And I, and I, I know our, our friend Mike Gregg has suggested this, that you you might see Stuart Gray taking charge of the team when they come back. That's not ideal. In fact, that's just wrong. Okay, Max, that's wrong. Now, listen, it's happened before. It's not new that you have, say, like, like an assistant taking over while there's a situation that that's in flux, right? But it's not good. It's just not good. It's not good for the supporters. It's not good business-wise. It's not good for recruitment. For Tony Khan, if he's still going to be in charge, you know, this is not good for him. Whoever is doing that job, it's not good because how do you sell a player when you can't even tell him who the manager is, Max? Exactly. Exactly. And it's already going to be a tough transfer market, in my opinion, with the COVID and the lack of funds due to a lack of attendance. Yep. It's already going to be tough to get players. We've made it even more difficult for ourselves with this whole saga dragging on. Yep. But again, I, don't, I feel like we haven't even processed the fact that Parker is likely leaving. Is that something you're in favor of, Russ? I know you're never the biggest well, fan of him. What do you think? Well, I'm going to start with you. 
because I had this ready for you. Good, good. <laughs> Do you want Scott Parker to leave, Max? I've always been – I feel more pro-Parker than the general Fulham population. I've always okay. been a bit more in favor. I think I've soured on him with the news that he wants to go to Bournemouth. That, to me, kind of offended me as a Fulham supporter. Yeah. I see it as a sideways move. I think Bournemouth are a well-run club for sure, and they're in the Premier League some years when we weren't, but I still see Fulham as, as a bigger club in the future, especially with his connection to us. That's right. He has no connection to Bournemouth as far as I know. His connection to us, I felt a bit disrespected. And then when you really go back to the hard facts of his time at Fulham, you can view it in, in a kind of harsh way, which is why where I'm leaning now, which is he had a great squad, probably the best squad in the championship, only finished fourth, barely squeaked into the playoffs, and then got us relegated with a whimper towards the end of the season. Now, I think that's a harsh reading of his last two years at Fulham, yep. but that's one way you can look at it. And he never really set um, the league on fire with his playing style. We can all no. agree on that. Parker Ball was not attractive. <laughs> and, and you said many no. times that you're kind of looking forward to seeing those days of sideways passing, slow build-up play, you know, go to the wayside. But that, oh. that's something you look forward to. Yeah. So I'm conflicted. I'm a bit sad because I do think he really was a Fulham legend in, in some respects. Like he had genuine passion for the club, but the results just haven't been there, in my opinion, from a manager standpoint. So I'm not devastated, but I'm a bit disappointed that the fact that he wants to leave has created the situation of uncertainty. It has, Max. It just, again, it just leaves this void right now because we don't know what's going on. But to answer your question, do I want Scott Parker to leave? It's actually two ways to look at it because uh, I, I want to give credit to Rob Wilson and also to uh, to Gordon Davis when, when I talked to them about this, and especially Rob, because uh, we were talking about the fact that if you had someone as, say, your director of football that was there on a daily basis that could work with Scott, could review everything with Scott after every match and really talk football with Scott, then maybe at that point you would actually help the growth of him as a manager. I could then live with it. But with the structure the way it is right now, with Tony Khan as your director of football, until something else happens, I again, I would be fine with him going because of, one, the style of play. Two, you know, again, it's going to be the same thing, Max. It's just, you know, again, if we're going to build something f for the future, unless – Scott Parker is going to be more flexible in his style, then I'm ready to move on from Parker Ball. The thing about Parker Ball, and again, it's been pointed out to me, he has changed formations. He has changed, tweaked things within Parker Ball. But Max, it's still Parker Ball. It's still conservative. You know, again, when have we started a game on the front foot? That's just not his way of doing things. I want a manager that looks at an opponent and says, you know what? And I'll use Roy Hodgson as a perfect example. Roy Hodgson had two styles, one at home, one at away. Away, it was, you know, again, keep it tight, beat you on the counter. Bobby Zamora's, you know, your, your center forward, your target man, get it to Bobby and then take off from there. At home, completely different story. They were on the front foot. I remember them being on the front foot against the biggest teams. That was Roy Hodgson, who, again, many think is being conservative. At home, not as much. So I would want someone that looks at the opponent, also looks at where you are and says, you know what? I need to adapt our style for the opponent, for the venue, for being at Crave Cottage. Are the fans going to take another season of Parker Ball? My answer is no. 
Yeah. And with the fans coming back, hopefully, in August, it'll right. be a whole different story. I think the clubs have really been able to hide in the past year due to the lack of attendance. And, you know, the fans are going to make their opinions known. It looks like there's no chance Parker will, will stay, right? Because even if Bournemouth falls through, I don't think he can, he can realistically step back in no. to Fulham become manager. He's gone out on the limb and said, I want to leave. If, if right. he's leaving because of you know, the higher-ups, I remember at the end of the season, there's that whole mini uh, controversy when he said, oh, I haven't been reached out to by Tony Khan or the higher-ups right. of the club. That's right. At the time, I really thought that was a minor thing. That seems to be maybe the catalyst for him leaving, and the cons are upset with him. He's upset with the cons. The same thing I keep going back to is what manager would want to manage in this hierarchy where you have the DOF and you have the cons having such control over transfers at the same time not really being present at the club. I don't, I don't know any manager who would want to do that because that does not sound like a good situation to be in, especially with Parker no. kind of publicly airing his grievances. That's part of the reasons I was initially pro Parker because I said Parker's a guy who understands the constraints of the, of the job. Yes. He'll put up with it because what a manager would, and now Parker's gone. He's obviously had enough of it. That worries me. Okay. All right. All right, Max. So let's go with the idea that Parker is gone because, again, I don't think you or I can see him coming back, correct? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So let's now talk about if Parker leaves. Who do you want as a replacement? And then we'll go through some of the names that have been linked. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you different scenarios. But if it's you, you're in charge. I'm going to put you in the seat of Shotcom because because uh, he is the owner of uh, Fulham Football Club. Who would you want as your next manager? I want Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe is the best name out there for someone who's proven experience taking a club up from the championship but also keeping them in the Premier League. And also a manager who I think would slot in perfectly at Fulham with his personality, his ethos. Someone who comes from a, a club like Borna, which isn't a huge club. Yep. Uh, he's not going to want the limelight. He's not going to be someone who expects, you know, a massive uh, crowd every match, but he's someone who seems like he could fit in at a family club like Fulham. Right. And I like his footballing philosophy. I think he does things the right way. Um, and he's a great track record and he's been out of a job for a while now. So I'd love Eddie Howe. doesn't look like it'll happen. I haven't seen it really nope. seriously linked, but he's the best name out there for me. I listen, I totally agree. And I did a poll on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. I have 577 votes. Okay. And it is Eddie Howe by a landslide. 62%. Javier Pereira, 14%. Steve Cooper, 13%. Scott Parker, I put him in there as well, 11%, okay? And that's a good amount of votes, Max. So let's talk about Eddie Howe because, again, I dealt with a little bit of backlash because I put him in this poll because people have come to me and say, you know what, he's not interested, Russ. You know, he, he wants Premier League football because that's the speculation out there. But here's the thing. Until he is with another club, he needs another club. He needs to work. So if I'm Shad Khan, I agree with you. He's my pick. I would go all in. He might not, it might not be his first choice to go down to the championship. Maybe he's trying to get a Premier League job. I don't know. But at some point, the jobs are going to dry up. And I would throw money at this guy and bring him in, bring in his staff, and let them run the show. 
That's what I would do. He has a proven track record. He plays attractive football. And I know that at this point, it doesn't look likely based on what we're hearing, but things can change, Max. I'm actually suggesting to whoever listens, if anyone listens, the higher-ups at Fulham Football Club, get Eddie Howe. Do what it takes to get Eddie Howe. Be aggressive and go after Eddie Howe. That's who I want. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to keep saying it until we have a new manager or he signs with someone else. He becomes a manager of someone else. He's still out there. He's still available. I know what he wants. He might not be able to get that. Sell him on Fulham Football Club. 100% agree. And we're not saying who definitely will be the next manager. The question is, who do you want to be? And I think exactly. that's a fair thing to say. Some that's realistic. People in the comments saying he wants a Premier League club, et cetera. That's right. fair. But the offer hasn't come in yet. And right now, I don't think his latest managerial spell at Bournemouth, I think we can all agree, wasn't wasn't the best. That, there's a reason he's not there right now, right? Right. Because it got relegated. So I think it's fair that a high-achieving championship club like ourselves would yep. get him instead of a more established Premier League club who've just seen him get relegated with Bournemouth, you know, the other season. So I think he might be uh, holding out for something which isn't going to happen. The other names being thrown about, of course, Steve Cooper, yep. Javier Pereira. I don't know if I can say enough about those two managers. Pereira's never managed okay. a club in England. I, I know he's in the Ch- Chinese Super League. I don't even think the level of play is somewhat comparable. I don't think he set the world on fire over there. And he's never really had a full-time managerial job in in England. That, to me, worries me. That's a really big gamble. Okay. I know he's very well-liked around the club, and he's someone who I think would check the box in terms of understands the constraints of the full managerial position because right. he knows the system super well. I just don't know if he's ready to be a manager yet. Cooper, what do you think of Cooper? I, I don't know a massive amount about him at Swansea. It seems like okay. he did well with young players. Uh, they got to the playoffs. It doesn't seem too ambitious to me, but it might okay. be a safer choice. Who knows? Okay, let's start with Pereira, and then I want to go back to you about Cooper. I want to talk about both of them in in a little detail. Let's start with Pereira. And the pros for Pereira, and this is something that uh, I've I've had people contact me about, you've already said he knows the club. Now, here's a huge plus that you haven't mentioned. He comes from what we would say the coaching tree of Savisa Jokanovic. That has to be a positive. Now, he might have his own style. I have not watched the Chinese Super League to know what type of style he plays. But I do know the type of coach he's been around. So if that was going to be his style, if it was going to be something similar to Savisa, I could be on board with that. But to your question, the con is, is he ready for this? Is he ready to take that step? Now, he's been with the club. He's been involved with the club behind the scenes. He's been a coach with the club. Is the next step to be the manager? I don't know. I, I, you know, and again, I'd like to say yes. And here's another thing because uh, uh, I've seen the comments already. Well, this is an underwhelming choice, right? Because it's Pereira. It would be an underwhelming choice. I don't care what the notoriety of the coaches. I don't care what the reputation of the coaches. All I care about is, is it the right coach? You know, you can have someone that, that has a, a track record that's spotty. But this might be the right situation for him. He might be in the right place at the right time. So I'm I'm not against Javier Pereira taking the step up, Max, because if you look at it, like I said, I think the pros outweigh that con. It's a big con, 
but I think that there are pros there that that would make me say, okay, I can get on board with this. Yeah. A lot of people in the comments kind of saying, was Scott Parker ready to take the man job? <laughs> I think it's a fair point. And the answer very well could be no, he wasn't ready. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Neil said it. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Chris, Chris Davidson says, well, yep. that to me um, is a very fair point, but I think yeah. we might've learned our lesson in the past two years. Hiring a manager who hasn't had any experience, yeah. essentially being a full-time manager isn't the right choice for a club who wants long-term success because it's yeah. taking a gamble. Yes. But yeah. I, I really did believe if we stuck with Parker for an extended period of time, five years, six years, he could have turned into a very good manager. Yeah. I know it's unrealistic in modern football, but obviously no one in 2021 is ready to stick with a manager for that long and give them that much time. It just doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So that being said, I don't think we should take a gamble on a relatively new manager. Okay. I want okay. someone who's proven. I want a track record. That's not okay. saying get Allardyce, right? But <laughs> I think there's a happy medium between a Pereira who I just don't think is ready. And there's not a knock against him. I just don't know enough about sure. him. Yep. Um, there's has to be middle ground between that and Allardyce, who obviously knows the division very well, but well, would be completely uninspiring as well. Well, again, Fulmer in this unknown period of their existence right now, and he's, I guess you could say, not a proven commodity. So I, I see where you're going on that. What's interesting about the comments, I just want to share this because Max, I, I have to share this comment. You'll know why when I share it. Belichick Patriots second opportunity. You know, he started with the Cleveland Browns and then he came to the Patriots and the rest is history. But, you know, Pereira's obviously a little bit different situation because again, he has never been a manager, but let me ask you about Cooper. Okay. And, um, I want to approach this this way. I, I, I talked to a, a friend of mine today. We had an interesting discussion about Cooper. Cooper is now, there are speculation that he might be on the radar of Crystal Palace again. So if that is true and he's interested in the Crystal Palace job and if Fulham are his second choice, would you want someone that Fulham wasn't their first choice? Now, we no, don't know. I, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, if it's a player, maybe because players actually, I think, matters okay. how they apply the stuff on the pitch. But a manager, no, I think you're a manager. doesn't matter what choice you are. doesn't matter. To me, I just, Steve Cooper, it seems like the biggest uh, proponent of his is that he has experience with academy side. He does. And that's what we need. A lot, he does. Of, he, a lot he, of fans he, say that. Totally I agree. Does. What's been missing, I think, from Fulham over the past year, two years, is that we haven't. Uh, integrated the academy products into the first team and that's something which fans want it's what we need that's the future of the club so that's a bonus for him but i don't know if he uh set the league on fire with swansea and you're right it looks like he might be going to palace now so that entire saga of us not being able to pay his release clause or whatever seems to be kind of a moot point which is funny so it's like a a manager we weren't even that excited about it's already gone to a bigger club and we're sat here with really no leads yeah. It's yeah, a weird it's, position to be because we still have Parker. Parker's still our manager, you know? Yeah. It's not like we have an open job. So that must make it difficult, I imagine, to negotiate yeah. a new manager. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to mention this, and Max, you'll know the reference, and, and if our friends are, are around the world don't know this reference, but Fulham really are like a soap opera, like like Days of Our Fulham would be what <laughs> I would call it right now because yeah. that's what it's like. Because, again, there's nothing – There's everything is up in the air. You know, there are all these balls in the air. Nothing has uh, come down yet. And it's, it's, it's very, it's extremely frustrating, the situation going on with Fulham Football Club, because 
at this point, you want to know who you're married. You want you want direction. You want to know what's going on. Like I said, I know in the end that they're going to be competitive this season. I, I know it. I know it that because their track record tells me they'll be competitive. But there's a difference between being competitive and being a favorite to win the league, which, again, we've seen the disadvantage of going back up by the playoff situation, Max. They need to win. They need to either come in first or second. Okay, they need automatic promotion. This is not the way to start that process. This is absolutely not the way. That's what's frustrating me, Max. Would you agree with that? I agree. And there's also a part of you which is counterintuitive that says, do we not want to go up too soon again? I think so much of our issues right. have been that we've gone up with a championship side that has not been nearly ready to play in the Prem. We've had to buy eight players or loan in eight players who then haven't really been able to cut it. And we just go back down again. That's been a vicious cycle. Yeah. The thing that's really frustrating me, Russ, is that we know what it takes to stay in the Premier League once you get yeah. promoted. It's not easy, but what it takes is you need players in the championship who are Premier League quality. That's what Leeds United had. That's what Villa had. It's not easy. They had to give okay. them top-class players, the likes of Bamford, you know, Jack Harrison. I mean, Villa had Mings, a variety of other players, which I'm forgetting. But the point is, you look at the Villa and Leeds squads, I think yep. two of the most successful promoted teams of recent memory, and they are filled with players that you looked and said, what are they doing in the second division? So that's why recruitment's so key right now. It is. For us, we've gone out the past couple seasons, and we've had five or six positions where we've needed to strengthen massively. And almost the entire squad has to be overhauled. Okay. Just look at this season. It's an entirely new defense because the championship defense wasn't ready to cut it. Same with the championship's attack. We need to have these really excellent players being brought in during this offseason if you want to have any chance of staying up. And that's not happening. I don't really see any realistic path for that to happen. So even if we do go up, let, let's say this yep. season, we're going to be faced with the same Herculean task of loading in five or six players, trying to attract new players, breaking up the squad necessarily, but still taking a gamble, and we might just get relegated again. I want to see a long-term plan. I want to see us investing perhaps in youth or players who can turn into Premier League-type players but still play in the championship. I don't see any of that happening, and that's why even if we do go up, what is the point if we're we're just going to have to bring in a lone army again because it's necessary? Okay. The reason why I'm laughing, Max, is that I was just about to talk to you about I was already prepared to talk to you about this. So coming up next, I'm going to pick Max's brain because I want Max to build Fulham squad for the next season. Okay, Max, let's now get to it. I'm glad you led us there because I I wanted to really talk about the problems that Fulham have had. They've gone down. They've come back up. It's about building the squad. You've already talked a little bit about it. So I'm going to put you in the role of let's call you director of football as a director of scouting, whatever it is, you're in charge. You're bringing in the players. You just said something very important to me and that's we need premier league ready players. So let's dive into that a little bit more. When we look at the players that we have now and what you think is needed for us, not just to say win or come in second, in the championship, but to be ready for the premier league, this has been the problem that we've had. If, and I'm glad that you brought up leads. You can look at wolves. What would you do in more detail? I think we need to assign importance to two positions. The first one is I think central attacking midfield, a creative player. We need, I think a really, really excellent number 10, a player who can 
play that carry role, but with a lot more energy and a lot more youth. That to me is the most important thing in this team. What we missed out last season was playmakers, creative players who could play that final pass and get in behind and break down that stasis. We need a great number 10. I also think we need a top-class winger. I think so much pressure is put on Mitrovic, who obviously didn't perform. But what else is missing is there are no goals elsewhere in the side. We need either a left or right winger. Not really sure which one it is. Yep. Could be either, but a top-class wide player. I, I totally agree well. with you. Cross really well. Totally agree with you. Chip in with 10, maybe 15 goals a season. Those, to me, is attacking positions are the biggest need. I honestly believe Rodak, if he's given the opportunity, can be a good Premier League keeper, decent. I don't think we need to invest in a new goalie. I think the defense is honestly fine. Robinson, Brian, Congolo, um, Mossin, maybe, but hopefully keep Tosin right back. A bit more of a question mark, but Tete will stay, I hope. And then Cessna Young's coming in. Yep. I don't think the defense is a big area of concern. I, okay. I'd love it if we maybe got another center back, but it's not top of my list. But central midfield, central midfield, I'm, I'm with and you. a winger. Those are the players I think that can take us from perhaps fourth or fifth in the championship to second or first, and then build striker. on striker. You need a striker. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, I I would love a striker, but I don't think it's the biggest need right now. Okay, I think Mitch Rich could find his form again. Fingers crossed. But I would like, yeah, because right now it's only Mitch Rich, so striker okay. would probably third on that list. Okay, and it's funny you said winger because while you were saying this, I was thinking about. Believe it or not, Eddie Howe and Bournemouth, uh, the first season form were in the championship. And who was dominant? Matt Ritchie. Were those were those crosses as a winger? So maybe you're on to something, Max, that they need someone of that quality. But I'm glad that you also went to another place, central midfield. And Tom Kearney, I hope Tom Kearney stays, but they need the heir apparent to Tom Kearney. They need someone to take that place. I don't know who that is. But I think the bottom line and the trick of all of this is to have players that are on the way up and that that are Premier League ready. The problem that Fulham have had is that they brought in some of these players even two seasons ago that I thought, okay, this is a good deal. They have players that have Premier League experience, but that doesn't mean that they're real Premier League quality. We've, we have found that out with Bobby Decadover-Reed and a couple of other players that, yes, they have that experience, but are they really good enough to be Premier League starters because they they can be on the bench, but I look at Reed uh, and uh, you know and Knockhart, Anthony Knockhart, I, and Cavallero. They're coming back. They're co- coming back. Get ready. They're coming back. But again, it goes to the point. They're coming back, but are these players good enough for the Premier League? Because if our ambitions are to not only get out of the championship, we should be moving on from them. You know, in the championship to players that are Premier League ready. I'm not saying that they don't have a potential role, but they shouldn't be starting. They shouldn't be players that we should be counting on when, when, and I'm saying when we get back to the Premier League because I believe it's going to be when, but you need to be Premier League ready. This to me has been the problem. It's, it's a hard nut to crack to stay in the Premier League, like you said. But I think the way that it has been done by other teams is that they've had players that have been ready for the Premier League. You know, who was our Jack Grealish? I thought it was Tom Kearney. But it turned out Tom Kearney really I never turned into Jack Grealish, if I'm using him as an example. You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, look at all the players at Wolves. So, again, 
they need to build a team that not that not just can win the league or come in second, but is ready to come to the Premier League and compete. Because yeah. I look at I look at a team like Norwich. Norwich is a yo-yo club. Guess who else is a yo-yo club? We are. And I don't want, you know, nothing against Norwich. I don't want to be Norwich. I don't want to be Norwich. Do you? I know I don't want to be. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Uh, and, you know, you take a step back, and I think people in the comments have been discussing this as well. You look at the yep. successful championship teams past five years, Leeds, Villa Wolves, right? Those are the ones that stand out. All of them had aspirations well beyond the championship. What Wolves did, you know, definitely part of uh, the agent, Mendez there, but Wolves brought in a team that I think was one of the best championship teams the league's oh, ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Right? And what Villa did was throw a lot of money at it, but get really excellent players as well. And Leeds got a manager who was legitimately world-class in Bielsa. And all yep. of these things, when you take a step back, you say, that's really difficult. That's really rare. You know, that's, you know that's too. Kind of, you you know, know, yeah. That's a hard ask. But you know what's a hard ask? Is staying in the Premier League. Not every club does it. And I think no. we need to get into a mentality that says, yeah, we're Fulham. Yes, it's hard to stay in the Premier League. Yes, it's a demanding division. But why not go out on the limb and take a risk and show intent? We're going to have to do something which it's, appears over the top. Exactly, to Matt. Why can't we be wolves? Why can't we be? And this is be, the summer. We why can't we? This yes. Is, this, I, I can't. I'd be delighted if we got promoted next year. I hope we will. But if we wait until then to make those statement of intent signings, it's already too late. It needs to be done now in this summer. I think that's why the frustration is building so much is because we've seen a month go by with nothing, but not nothing, Russ. We've seen ourselves almost take a step back with the Tony Khan, AEW stuff, and the yep. Parker saga. And you think, how is this team ever going to compete with the likes of you know Leeds, Red Bielsa, Villa, who had all that squad, oh. Wolves with the Portuguese contingent? We're just not even in the same category. Right now, we're not. That's why we're a yo-yo club. Right, right. And, you know, it's funny because when you hear that term, and I remember hearing it first about Norwich years ago, and I'm thinking, well, Fulham aren't that. And they've turned into that. And it's just, we deserve better. Uh, Fulham supporters deserve better. And I will just say the same thing. Why can't they have the same ambition that Aston Villa has, that Wolves had, why can't Fulham have that same ambition? And it starts at the top. It starts where we began the show because, again, we're talking about the manager, and I know everyone keeps saying, well, nothing's going to change unless you change the, um, that director of football. Well, again, I don't know what's going on there, but if it's still him, you still need to find a way to be as competitive as possible. I'm hoping that there's some kind of change there that maybe the director of scouting becomes that person. We just don't know. We, we have no idea right now what's going on. But there's an opportunity here, Max, and that's why we're talking about this. How would you build the team? And I like the way that you wanted to build the team. And I hope that the club's listening to you because I think you have the right idea and ambition that they need. They need that ambition. And, again, you can figure out a way. If Wolves can figure out a way, Aston Villa can figure out a way, other teams can figure out a way to manage – Financial fair play, so can Fulham. You got to be careful because you don't want to end up being a team like Derby County. Okay. You don't want to be that, but there's a way to manage it. And they've actually learned that in the beginning when, the, you know, when again, Fulham were having a hard time with managing financial fair play. There's a way to do it. And they need to figure that out. 
and they need to build a team that's not just championship driven for for to win the league or come in second, but to be ready for the Premier League. And that to me has been been the crux of the problem, my friend, is that they've not been able to stay in the league. You know, and again, I've heard this argument because I, Aston Villa did it. I'll give Aston Villa credit. They just found a way to, to hang around and stay in the league, and then they built from there. And maybe that's what Fulham were thinking about they were going to do, Max. But wouldn't you want to be ahead of the curve? Wouldn't you want to be kind of like how Wolves were? Look at the players Wolves had that first year. Look at those players. And they were comfortably in the Premier League. Now, if you look at – we could talk about Leeds. Now, Leeds players, were they all Premier League ready? I would say no. But you know what they had? They had an exceptional manager that got the most out of them. They had a system that worked. And 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 I was one that put my hand up that did not think it was, would work. And I wanted to be also all the credit in the world because – he had the players play in the style that worked. It worked for them. And they built on that. So you got to give them credit. So either either A, you have to have the manager. B, you have to have the players think. Hopefully you'll have both. Right now, I don't know if Fulham have either. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, and that's why we're at a moment of such you know, consequence. Because oh. we do have the, op- the opportunity to get It's right there, man. It's right. But none of the choices. I mean, even if you got Eddie High, which I think is my dream, yep. doesn't look like it's going to happen. But even that, to me, doesn't scream world class. I just don't see us seizing this opportunity the way that other clubs might have done it. Yep. I think the main thing to me, I was actually talking about this with my dad the other day, and he yep. posed me a really good question because I was complaining about Tony Khan. And he said, Max, <laughs> Max as long as Shahid Khan is owner of Fulham Football Club, Tony Khan's going nowhere. And I think that's a reality we've acknowledged on the show, right? And they I said agree to me that, with that. Even others have, have disagreed. I agree with that. No, it's not going to happen. He's not going to fire his son. If he doesn't by now, it's not going to happen. But if you're posed a situation, would you rather have a poor owner, an owner who might not be putting money into the club, an yep. owner who you know might be even in financial trouble, yep. would you rather have that or have a poor director of football who's out gallivanting about promoting wrestling and being completely absent? Which oh, one would you rather have? It's oh. a tough choice because if Shahid Khan leaves, there's no guarantee we get another responsible owner. Yet someone doesn't invest. Nope. And I said, honestly, as much as I hate it, I'd rather have this current situation because at yep. least there is people might not like it, but the stand is being built. And I don't think I've ever had to worry about Fulham being put into administration no. or anything like that for Derby no. County. No, no, and, and that's a good point. Listen, I've even posed about ownership, and again, I think that the most important thing for an owner is, is to put money into the team. He's done that. He's done that. And uh, there's a little bit of, of revisionist history going on with the stand right now. Okay. We needed the stand. Okay. I see people that are like, well, at least we have a stand. They're being very sarcastic about it. You know what? The club needed the stand. They, they absolutely needed it. So, so yes, the timing is very bad with everything going on, but thankfully we're having the stand built and, Shot Khan has spent a ton of money on this club. There are other owners that have spent like next to nothing. And, you know, we're not talking about that. Maybe that's why we don't talk a lot about Shot Khan because he does spend the money, Max. But again, some of the decisions we, we should be able to criticize. We should be able to say, well, listen, 
We don't want to be a yo-yo club. You're the owner. You need to do something to ultimately it comes down to you to change this, you know? And like I said, for me, the most important thing is the money, putting the money in. He's done that. But also, you know, we have to think about what is the vision? What is the ambition? What is the ambition of Foam Football Club? And right now, I don't think the ambition is where I want it to be. I want the ambition to be building a, a club for the long-term, long-term plan that has Fulham in the Premier League like we were under uh, Mohamed Al-Fayed for all those years. That's what I want. And I want it to be sustainable, as Shah Khan always says. There's a way to do it, and they need to figure that out. And change needs to happen, my friend. Because right now, I just said to you, you need one of two things to be successful in the championship. I truly believe, one, you have to probably either have to have the manager or you have to have the players or, or most importantly, have both. And right now, Fulham, in my opinion, we don't have either. So it's very difficult for me dealing with what's going on. But, but again, I'm a realist. I know that they're going to bring players in. I know there will be a manager and I know they'll be competitive. I truly believe that. And like you said, they're not going to go into administration. I don't think that they're going to be dealing with a situation of going down to league one because I've, I've seen people say, Oh no, the double drop. I don't see the double drop happening in foam again. I think they've learned their lesson from that. I think they, 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 truly have learned their lesson. But we're fans, man. We don't want just to stay in the league. We want to get back to the Premier League. And I want to see that ambition. I'm not seeing it right now. I'm seeing a lot of uncertainty. And, and that's what, you know, that's why I'm glad that we have this show, that we can do this. There are other, other podcasts doing it. The media, except for Peter Rutzel. Peter, you deserve all the credit in the world. You do a great job. The rest of them, do nothing when it comes to Fulham Football Club except for rumor mongering. That's it. Do your job. Do your job, media. You're not doing your job. Sorry, I had to say that. The other podcasts are all doing Fulhamish, friend, uh, Friends of Fulham po- uh, Podcast, which is the Fofcast, Fulham Focus. We're all doing our jobs. The media is not doing their job. They, they, they would just rather talk about just the managers. They're not talking about anything else with Fulham Football Club. That's what frustrates me with some of the media. We do their job, Max. Sorry, I, I, I had to scratch that itch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really tough situation to be in right now because I think we've laid out in the past, you know, a quarter of, uh, three quarters of an hour what needs to be done Yeah, with regards to a manager and recruitment and then gets me all excited and I go back to where we are now and we're sat here the 26th of June I think people have said training starts in the next week, yeah. perhaps sooner. And we're sat here with a manager, Scott Parker, who's clearly wants to leave, but hasn't left yet. Yes, Chris. <laughs> we're sat here with a squad, which is, has some clear deficiencies. And we're sat here with the person whose job it is to fix those deficiencies across uh, the ocean, clearly involved in other endeavors. And that's, that to me is not slamming anybody. That's just the fact of the situation. And it's a very long no. way to go. For us as a club to be it's where fa- it's fact, not opinion, man. That's yep. fact. That it's fact that right now there's a lot being put into AEW, and that's great. Like I said, if you want to beat Vince McMahon, be bigger than WWE. That's great, but at the same breath, and maybe it's time to turn over the yep. reins to someone else to run. It wouldn't happen. At any, it would not happen at any other club. It just wouldn't. 
It wouldn't. I mean, if you talk about Wolves, Little Leeds, was their director of football promoting wrestling a month before you know before the season starts? No, no, they weren't. I, you know, when I see Tony Khan on my TV and thinking. You know, again, that's when it really hit me. It's like, like he's everywhere. That's why I, I, I wanted to do that in the rant. He's literally everywhere. I've heard promotions for him on Sirius XM Radio, I kid you not, at least a half a dozen times in the past week. Every time they go to a commercial, it's about AEW and Tony Khan. So I've yeah, had and, enough. And I, he, I, I've he, had enough. Here's the thing which gets fans the most, I think, is that for us, relegation is a deeply personal and upsetting moment. Absolutely. The club pour a lot of our time and effort into, and this is actually trying to explain maybe to Tony why we're so upset. Because I know there's a lot of vitriol out there that perhaps is not yep. well earned, and that's no. goes over the top. And I'd never be one. I condemn all that stuff. So do don't, I. Don't go at him personally. And, and I'm glad you said honest, that. So yeah, adult totally conversation agree. about it. For Fulham fans, we pour so much effort and time into this club. You know, we get up early, we travel to away matches, we go to home matches, we watch on the TV when it's COVID. Our moves are really determined in large part by how Fulham does on the weekend or midweek. And getting relegated was a culmination of a lot of pain and sorrow and upsetting material. And for us, getting relegated was a big moment in, in, in the spring, right? And we'd expect the people who run the club to share that passion, to say, even if they might not be supporters like we are, they're involved, they work for something. And if something fails that you're working on, you feel bad. Yep. All we've seen publicly is someone who's actually having the time of his life. And maybe he is really having the time of his life, launching this new venture, Seems being it. part of AEW. Yeah. He's having a great time. And you know what? I'm not going to begrudge him for that. But you have to understand why as Fulham fans, we feel that we feel personally when you're supposed to be our director of football and you're on these podcasts, television, radio, living it up, delighted, having, having a great time. Imagine how that plays to Fulham Football Club fans. Right. It doesn't play great, and that, I think, contributes a lot of the discontent, right. especially when we need so much work in this club done over the summer. Exactly. So much work, which if you want to understand what – listen to the fucking podcast. You know, like it's ridiculous um, <laughs> to be in a different situation. That's what I'll end it on. Okay, and it's funny you say that because, again, I don't begrudge him putting all this effort into AEW. And listen, to do what he wants to do, it's going to take a lot of time and effort. He's doing it. But you know what? So does Fulham Football Club. It takes a lot of time and effort. And at, at some point, maybe it's time. I think some great leaders in our time of business and government, they know how to delegate. They know how to delegate some of their power. And I think this is a time where it's time for Tony to delegate. And it's not that, again, I'll say it again. I know people disagree with me. I believe he cares about Fulham Football Club a great deal. I just think that he thinks that he can do it all. And I'm here to tell you that I think it's too much for him. Concentrate on this venture, AEW, and pass it along to someone that actually really knows football, not just analytics, really knows football. Nothing against you, Tony, but I'm talking about someone that has real experience, years and years of experience of football being your director of football, director of scouting, combined, whatever you want to call it. It's time to let go. And because we need to build a squad. We don't want to be a yo-yo club. I hate being called the Yo-Yo Club. It's time to move on from that. Anyways, we do have to wrap this up. But before we do, I'm just going to share this, Max, real quick because normally I would spend time on this. But we're not going to spend time on what I'm about to share with, with you here because, again, I almost feel like this is, this is sad that we're not spending time on this. 
Not the Celtics stage. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's hard to be, it's hard to be excited about it when okay. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Again, I we could do a whole show on the fixtures, but we're not doing a show, and I'm leaving it at the end because I think it just shows right now it's like the fixtures come out, and I'm thinking to myself, how can I get behind or even look at the fixtures right now, thinking about win loss or you know you can't do any of that draw, you can't do any of that because you don't know who the squad is, you don't know who the manager is, and again, it's a sad state when I can pull up the fixtures on Thursday and think to myself, I don't know what this means right now because we have to wait to see how all these other parts fall into place. Anyways, we do have to wrap this up, my friend. Final thoughts before we go. This has been a great show. Yeah, it's been a great show. I think what you just said there sums it all up really well because the uncertainty is taking the joy out of the club in some respects right now. Uh, we know it could be a lot worse, but in this moment in time, you can't even get excited about fixtures that that sends a lot so i'm with you 100 it's a tough spot to be in for us but listen all we can do is hope that in the next couple of months because it has to be the next month or so we're leaving it late <laughs> things get resolved and we have some semblance of a game plan but yeah. until then we'll be talking about our cottage talk and again thanks to all the fans in the comments yep. it's been a great oh. great bit of uh, interaction so keep it up guys Oh, absolutely. And I want to thank everyone for commenting. And sorry, I wasn't able to share too many. But I, I got really into this conversation with Max, so I, I kind of took my eye off the ball a little bit. But it's been some really great comments. Thank you, everyone, for commenting. Also, before we go, I, I do want to mention this. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show, please do subscribe to Cottage Talk on YouTube. It'll help other film supporters find us and uh, and build up a little bit that YouTube channel because uh, you can watch live on YouTube along with the Cottage Talk Facebook page and my personal Twitter account, Russ underscore gold. But you know what, Max? We do have to wrap this up. For Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.